0: fun for my name
1: <laughs> doc heatherday i like mm. that yeah so what, what could, could we do anything other with al hey i feel like mm.
2: um why al erp yeah. Uh, yeah
1: hmm butch cows uh, no that's yeah. all right. anyways <laughs> saddle <Owl> partners <laughs> we're back with another rambling, rootin', tootin', shootin', uh, community rewatching one oh one. Yeehaw! Uh, al- alas, without our most western member today, because Thomas is sick, and/or playing hooky. We we never know with that wily Australian lad, but um, he's not going to be here today, and that's that's a shame because. We are in for a treat. We are looking at Season 2, Episode 23, A Fistful of Paintballs. Is this the first non-class titled episode since Pilot? I wanted to ask, and I didn't actually check that out, but in my mind that sounds right.
0: I feel like you've brought it up, before when i feel like we have had another one that wasn't related to a class because i feel like we've Uh, talked about it maybe
2: i think we've had a lot of names that don't translate very well to any kind of
1: realistic class
2: that too Uh, yeah but man Abed's uncontrollable christmas
1: yeah okay there you go Ah. uh, proven false right away that's a good start to the show (laughs) Oh, well, we got Heather, we got Al, we got Justin. So we're here to cover this, the penultimate episode of season two. And I'm really excited. This is, um, I think, the first two-parter we're getting in the series. And Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm going to ask everything with a question at the end of my sentences, because I'm not sure anymore. Okay. Um, But there you go so yeah and this is all about western so this is a very western theme show if you so if you felt that you were shortchanged with the flashback clip show episode where they were doing the old west the the crew in the old west town and saying man i would love to see more of that well you're gonna see a whole lot of it in this episode so and heather actually said you said you had a you're behind on the watching the episodes you had to skip over to to watch mm-hmm. this one Hmm. So, you missed so much, and yet I think you're okay. think oh. you'll
2: be fine. <laughs> all right. So Connuity much continuity. <laughs> ah,
1: good, good. Shirley had her baby. Spoiler alert. All right. Uh, well, so,
2: the,
0: sh- there's a pumping reference in the episode, so I figured.
1: Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I no baby probably. to be seen. Who's watching the baby? I don't know. Mm. You
2: have to go she, back and watch. You have to figure out, find out who's the evil twin. Oh
1: where the secret wedding took place oh my goodness the wedding she the red wedding i can't believe they predicted game of thrones this early (laughs) but there you go so what one thing i do want to talk about continuity wise and ask you guys about is uh this major theme of this episode is pierce being thrust back into the villain role the on the outsies of the group here and i was like well You know, when's the last time he was actually seen as a villain in season two, because this was kind of a trending storyline and then it just stopped. And so I went back and it turns out like the last episode that he was seen as a clear villain was episode 16 when he was in the hospital and bequeathing Mm. everybody with gifts. And after that, I mean, he was kind of a little bit of a jerk and he stole everybody's flu shots and whatnot. But uh, other than that, not really you know like they they kind of dropped the ball on this and then they scooped it back up and i kind of wanted to ask you guys do you feel like this isn't i don't know continuity wise is that a a problem in your head or is this okay for sitcoms to just kind of forget this sort of thing And
0: i always see pierce as a villain so like
1: (laughs) (laughs) this this is
0: so on brand it doesn't i don't even bat an eye
2: yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind this at all, quite honestly, I think, because from moment one, he's, maybe not moment one, but let's say after the first half dozen episodes, he kind of clearly emerges as an antagonist in most of the episodes of this show, mm. and I think even if it's been a while since we've seen him be an out-and-out villain, it's been a reoccurring beat throughout this season that... Pierce is, he's just a giant jerk. And even friends who are kind of terrible people like our Greendale 7 can sometimes be,
1: like, why do they keep putting up with him? Like, it really hasn't ever been explained, I don't think. I I guess in my mind, the question is, I would have loved, not a question, but I think this would have made more sense if this episode had come one or two episodes after the hospital one. And if they hadn't made nice after the hospital, if that kind of ended on more of a sour note and then then led to that question you were just asking, like, why do they put up with him? And
2: Mm, yeah, uh, I guess that's fair. Maybe there could have been I, I think maybe I would have now that I think about it, I would have liked one other beats, one other episode thing where he does something just really vile. And, you know, that is enough to trigger this group meeting.
1: I could see that. But as it stands, I, I didn't even notice until you brought it up. Okay. I was, it was just just my, my thought. I wanted to get it out of the way so we could clear that off the board and really concentrate on the episode. My other question to you guys is, uh, do you like Westerns? How do you feel about Western movies, TV shows, et cetera?
0: I grew up watching them. That That was almost entirely the only thing that my father would watch. So Westerns ran... Like a not twenty four seven because he worked, but anytime he was home, he was in the living room watching westerns, basically. <laughs> okay. So I've I've seen quite a few, and I've I kind of avoid them now because of the extreme oversaturation. But I'm I'm pretty familiar with westerns overall. Like I I, I like them okay. I, I like them. I just think I was overexposed.
2: Okay. Yeah, I don't seek them out, but. I definitely enjoy a good Western. I like um, – I have more – tolerance is the wrong word. But I have more tolerance for newer Westerns than older ones. Tombstone is my favorite Tombstone. Western. Tombstone. So, you know, I mean, that's uh, – anything from Tombstone forward, I am probably in on. Uh, I love all the old Sergio Leone. So, I mean, this movie has that in spades. Mm. And stuff before that, the John Wayne westerns, the, you know, John Ford stuff from earlier, I've seen them, but I kind of have to push myself to get there. So, yeah, I guess it depends on the decade. But in general, I am not opposed. I just yeah, remember, I, I
0: think I I think reviewed a couple of westerns, at
1: least, for uh, mutant reviewers. I reviewed I Pale Rider.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, The new 310 to Yuma was really good. Uh, Ah, it's fantastic. Mm,
2: Haven't seen it. This this episode really made me want to watch, of all things, The Quick and the Dead.
1: Yeah, with Sharon Stone? Yes. I don't know what it was. Sam Raimi is is a great um, match for a Western. And a lot of people don't know that he did a a really good Western back in the day. I didn't know that, actually. Leonardo DiCaprio back when he was really young? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was oh. like the child sidekick whatever. Yeah, you know, this is pre-Titanic, so he's, you know. Oh, my goodness. In his teens. <laughs> fresh fresh off of Growing Pains when he was in like one of the <laughs> I was about season. to say I
0: watched him when he was in Growing Pains, so I was yeah. already quite familiar and had a giant crush even
1: before Titanic came out. Uh, who didn't? Who didn't? I know. Yeah, tomb- Tombstone's easily my my favorite. I, I even quoted it in a sermon the other week. You know?
2: nice. Run, you
1: cur. Run. You tell them the law is coming and hell is <laughs> coming with you. You hear <laughs> hell's coming. I mean, you can't do that without the giant, magnificent uh, Kurt Russell mustache that he has going on. I don't think so good. Kurt Russell. Please tell
0: me ever, you wore a mustache during the sermon. <laughs> well,
1: I have a giant beard, but it's <laughs> oh, that's probably true. makes me look like the I fat wanted- cowboy than anything else (laughs) but yeah so yeah it it seems like we don't get a lot of westerns especially the last four decades you know maybe five at this point but what we do get are some like sporadically once every two or three years we get a really good western and those are to be cherished so i'm i'm not i'm i'm definitely kind of happy they went with this i think the um the big question is, and maybe we can ponder it as Heather gets ready to give us a summary: is was this a, a risky move for Dan Harmon and company to go back to the well of paintballs after already doing it really well? I mean, this could have turned out badly, and uh, you know, especially you know, like *Sequelitis*. Something gives you give it more budget bigger scope two-part episode and yet you're going back to a well of something that's very beloved and very recognizable for a young show so um, i don't know the food for thought all right heather give us your summary howdy partners this
0: here is a tale of a group of study partners turned amigos who have to turn on each other once again in a paintball showdown during the schoolhouse's end-of-year festivities Hot Legs' Dean Pelton announces there's going to be a new paintball assassin game with a lesser prize than last year's shootout to keep them varmints from destroying the school. Pistol Patty steps in and says this time they're drawing guns to see who can take home a $100,000 prize. And the students go hog wild. It's every man for himself, but soon they got to start swallowing their pride and slowly band together. The study posse low on ammo and options, make their way to Fort Hawthorne to make a bargain with old pale Face Pierce. They make a mighty fine deal to team up and split the cash. With a handsome stranger known only as the Black Rider on their tails, the group tries to keep their wits about him as they fight for the grand prize. Soon they find out that Pierce was feeding them a line of hogwash and betrayed him for leaving him out of their activities, including what he reckons is a recent poker game. Turns out, were not a poker game at all, but a vote to see whether or not they should kick him from their group. Sit down a spell while we ponder over what's gonna happen in part two of this cowboy conundrum.
2: I love that so much. I, I was <laughs> grinning like an idiot the entire time. You were yeah, we, we could end the episode well right now. I
1: think we'd be fine. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for listening, community rewatching one-on-one folks. We'll be back in a couple. Tip weeks. of the hat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually how Heather normally talks, by the way. That's, yeah, that's, that's how that's, everybody talks down. Yeah,
0: I, I affect this uh, accent when I get on the podcast, but it's all Wild West. Yeehaw. Yeah.
1: Just as much as Al has that blue blood Conne- Connecticut thing going on, you know, always going to the Yacht Club. and
2: Yes, you know. of course. Catch me on the weekends. I actually speak in a Mid-Atlantic accent.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: All right, well, wow, we've got so much to talk about for A Fistful of Paintballs, the first of a two-part paintball season finale here. And um, I i guess I'll kick us off by just saying, I want to talk about the cinematography of this episode, oh. uh, especially in the, the first couple scenes here, really kind of set the tone of how different this is going to be. Uh, they they put a lot of thought into it. I Again, I love how minimalistically they you know like a little bit of lighting changing a little bit of set decoration and then how they position the camera and they can really make everything look so much different and turning a school into a wild west themed area is um you would think it would be hard but they do it so effortlessly
0: which the set design is a huge part of it too for me it was so good like when they when they open up the the vending ma- when they walk into the saloon you know through the cafeteria and they open up like the secret entrance because they use the vending machines I thought that was brilliant
2: I'd be fascinated to see it behind the scenes on this because I almost feel like the riskiest part about this episode is Dan Harmon going to the network and saying. Okay, I need you guys to give me a whole lot better lighting and much cooler cameras and a much longer shooting schedule for this episode. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. And Josh Holloway, just toss yes. him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lost go pull guy? him out of Studio yeah. Seven.
1: Um. <laughs> He's not that handsome. Oh yes he is. <laughs> oh yes he is. <laughs> yeah. So it's and I guess something we'll talk about next week is how they. It's, it's so brilliant, not only that they do a whole episode based around this gigantic Western motif, but they're able to transition into a complete... And we're not going to spoil it, but a completely different motif for the, the subsequent episode. So the first time I watched this through, I thought, oh, we're in for a two-part Westerner. And nope, that's not how it goes at all. And, and yeah, they, they really went all in on the Western theme. So everybody, of course... And there's, there's like an in-universe explanation because this is a Western-themed picnic that everybody's at. So everybody's already wearing costumes. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, by, uh, by the way, did we all notice, and I'm sure we did, that Jeff is wearing his cowboy outfit from season one?
2: I knew I recognized
1: it, and I couldn't figure out why I recognized it. Yeah, the I, one where he's trying to like seduce Professor Slater and somebody, like Britta was saying, you have that in your car all the time. This is
2: Halloween costume. This
1: is Halloween costume. <laughs> that's right. You, you just
0: uh, you never know when you're going to need a costume. So I, I think it's a great idea to just keep it in the trunk all the time.
2: If I had a Halloween costume I looked that good in, I yeah. would absolutely have it on standby seven days a week. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I I love Abed's uh, poncho. I think that that's a great yes. choice for him. And, and is Shirley
0: not wearing she, the same thing she was wearing in the Pulp Fiction She's
1: episode? like a padre. She's like a, a father, a Catholic priest.
0: Yeah, but I thought she was like reusing the robe part or, or something. Maybe maybe I'm just... I thought you know, she me- was
1: in... A, wasn't she wearing a black suit? And-
2: she had the, the Sam Jackson and uh, John Travolta, yeah, black and white suit. And now she's in a black and white frock, I guess. Mm. You know nothing,
1: Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Two Game of Thrones references, topics.
0: and we're only like ten minutes in.
1: I know. I don't even watch that show. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I really don't. Um, okay. It,
2: and Troy is a uh, Blazing Saddles. Fantastic reference.
1: Okay. Yeah. There oh, you go. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he looked kind of old fashioned and I, I wasn't exactly going to the Blazing Saddles, but it's definitely a Blazing Saddles thing. I'm, I'd bet money on it. I do like how Pierce's outfit definitely reflects a man of means Mm -hmm. like it's a it's a pretty well put like an expensive outfit he's wearing so there you go and uh britta do we have anything to say about britta's outfit probably not no Nope. she looks good in it yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and annie looks good in hers too she although if you notice at the picnic she's wearing a much more modest version of that outfit I love well, that the, the t- idea is
0: she's been, been through so much that, like, if the dress has been ripped almost completely yeah, apart, her hair's down. Like down to
1: a leather bodice, whatever, thing going mm-hmm. on. This episode does love its slow-mo Annie running, uh, which is probably <laughs> yeah. all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but uh, I have known some friends who, who pause this episode too much, and I'm just going <laughs> to say, grow up a little bit, people. We try not to sexualize Anthony. The show does a really good job, but we try not to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, I think the, um, the, f- the first couple scenes here, these really quick scenes, the first one with Neil and um, what did they bring back? Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah. Speaking of guest stars, that's a crazy cameo to show up for one scene. Like just the briefest of scenes and he makes like one or two lines and that's it. Anthony Michael Hall, everybody. I think that's the last time he's in the show. He was, you know, um, but yeah, that was, that was cool to see him. Like we have tons, by the way, tons of cameos in this one. I, I'm so delighted at that. Uh, but yeah, so we, we had that opening scene with Neil and then the scene in the science lab, which I think is probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. And I, it's weird because it's very quiet and it's just really kind of setting up the tone, but The fact that, you know, Annie comes in and she's got the end of this weary, you know, as you said, I've been through a lot. And she obviously set up all these traps. So she has all these alarm bells going off. And she's, what, baking a can of beans over a Bunsen burner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and just all those, um, the fact that the camera, like, they're doing these quick quick cuts. Like, almost, again, Sam Raimi style, you know, cuts. And then a lot of close-ups. It's making you feel a little more jittery paranoid more in the action and uh yeah there's there was a lot of thought put into this episode not just the visuals and the cinematography but also how much story they had to cram in here and the fact that they're also working in a flashback uh you know weaving that into the entire episode it's it's so much they've also got
2: great callbacks in like we've talked a lot about how the like world of community is filled out a lot this season and in this episode, we get Anthony Michael Hall and we get Fat Neil. I mean, they're they are that first scene up until Annie shows up, and then Fat Neil mentions that we play Dungeons and Dragons together. You know, they're they're calling back their own episodes in a that way. It was a game, Al. <laughs> this is people, <football. laughs> but it feels really natural. It feels good for them to mm-hmm. to remember that stuff. Um, and then there's that amazing title sequence. That, not to jump ahead immediately, but.
1: Yeah. Who? Oh my goodness! That oh title good. sequence is so good. That's that's the style. What did they, I'm trying to remember? It's Saul Bass, was it? That um, was famous I, for that style.
2: I mean, th- those were definitely Leone. That that's fistful of dollars,
1: a few dollars more. Good, the bad, and the ugly style. But yeah. I don't know who did them. They did a great job. It's it's not just the fact that they turned the music into a western, but you know just. Um, it's it's just very energetic and yet very flat and he uses silhouettes to great extent and just it's it's probably one of my favorite title sequences they ever it's do with this. Gorgeous, show. yeah. So it kind of makes you really kind of wets the whistle for your excitement of everything that's to come. I, t- I want to go back to this. Oh, I don't know. We could talk about that this part with Neil. Um, I thought we were over calling him Fat Neil, and then but. Anthony Michael Hall, I forget, Mike, I guess his name, Mike, Mike brings it back up. I'm like, Mike, darn it. I thought we were over calling him Fat Neil. He's just Neil. Uh, But yeah, Neil, Neil saved by Annie dropping down into the shadows behind, (laughs) behind Mike. Another great like lighting moment. It's how hard is it to create a deliberate shadow for your character to drop down into? But it was, it's really well done. Mm hmm. And then she she plugs them. <laughs> we're seeing a lot. By the way, I, I love that line later in the episode where Abed goes, Annie's pretty awesome this week. <laughs> <laughs> so if if we were like I know we were complaining over the last few episodes, Annie's not gotten a lot. This is Annie's episode. Oh yeah. For sure. She's action action royalty. And she's frequently like shooting down entire lines of people, which is really fun to watch her. So Maybe Annie's been practicing for the past year, getting ready for another round of paintball assassin. I could see that. Yeah. But anyways, Neil tries to betray her. That doesn't go well. uh, At least we're assuming. And she goes back into her little hidey hole. And another another great little moment is when just Abed suddenly appears behind her eating her beans. (laughs) And Abed's pose is so good he reminds me of when he did Al said his cats going nuts behind him, by the way. I thought that was your child. No, that's your cat. Uh, Yeah, this reminded me of when Abed did John Draper. Remember when he's doing the Madman thing with Annie?
0: I thought that too. Did you get a little bit of that vibe? I got
1: a lot of that vibe. Because he's, man, he slips into this role and you know he's loving it. Like this is, he's seen all the Westerns. He knows all the motifs. He's re- he'd be a really good LARPer. Maybe out. Maybe he should be larping more. Yeah, that would be healthy for him. I yeah. agree. Instead of doing claymation all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, he kind of shows up and he's doing the the beans and uh, there's a little tense moment, but they don't shoot each other. But they've got they've got the draw on each other, which I like that that little moment. Um,
0: you gotta have but, that.
1: Yeah. Can we just say, I guess it's a a complete spoiler, but if we're talking about the whole episode, it doesn't matter. uh, That this episode versus the first one, none of the study group gets shot. Yeah. In this entire episode. That's, I mean, obviously it's a two-parter, but if I was thinking, man, if they had any one of them shot, they wouldn't have been in the second part and, or it would have been hard to bring them back. Mm -hmm. But to keep that tension going that you think they might get shot. Is 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 tough? Al, are you okay? Is your cat related issues satisfied? Yes, I. My cat is very
2: upset that we did not feed them yet. <laughs> so it's uh, it's all good. They are kicked out of the house unless they start slamming into the door, which they sometimes do. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But if you hear a ruckus behind me, it is a revolution being led by
1: my cats. Can you describe the ruckus, sir? <laughs> All right, it's the only time in my life I'm going to get to use that quote, so I'm going for it. <laughs> Speaking of ruckus, okay, I don't even have my notes up. It's, um, oh yeah, I like this. There's this. Um, we haven't really talked about it too much, but there's this ongoing running gag in all of community that they like to use celebrity names as puns. And Annie has a good one here. You know, he says, she says, "Watch it, Christina Ricci."
0: yes yeah
1: <laughs> and that's uh so dumb so good it's so dumb so good now i want to go back and write down all of the other ones i think this comes more and more later on but that, that it's a good it's a good one and i also like that when every time we get one of the members of the study group we get that quick title card it's like the ace of Cl- ace of spades or ace of hearts mm. or whatever it is and we don't get an explanation for it and again it's like Kind of throwing everybody into the deep end. We're th- we're thrown into the middle of something, and then we have to kind of back out, and the episode has to kind of explain via flashbacks what's going on. Yeah, we're not completely lost. That's that's tricky. That's yeah, It's kind of tricky to do, mm-hmm. and they do a good. What
2: job. it does, I think, it really helps sell you on the idea that like this is absolutely not a normal episode. In case you couldn't tell from Neil running down the hallway in the first in the very first scene. But then later, their their card designation in their little title card corresponds to the card they threw down at the meeting.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why she's the only red one. Right. Yeah. In the Ace of Hearts. So, yeah. that's And so that should kind of raise that question in the viewer's mind. Like, why is she the Ace of Hearts? Is it just a Western thing? That's kind of what I thought the first time around. I'm like, oh, they're just being Western-y because poker and Western movies sort of go together. But... Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what I
0: thought, too. And until they showed the flashback of the votes and I was like, oh, I bet she's the one that voted. And then, oh, I guess at all core everybody's little title corresponds to which one they voted with.
1: Of course she does, because she's still taking Pierce's money, right? She's still taking that that dirty, dirty money for her apartment.
0: Look, don't use dirty and
1: Annie together in the same
0: sentence. Okay, We're trying sorry. not to sexualize her.
1: It's Pierce's money. It's not going to be clean. Come on. Ugh. Now I'm just thinking. No. Mm. Okay. Well, Didn't let's talk about the f- money back. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> this is my personal theory that she's still taking the money anyways. Um, yeah, we we do get some answers pretty quickly because we do get a flashback to the last day of school hoedown and picnic, which kind of sounds awesome. Like the that it was the last day of my college semester and – they announced, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a, a, a hoedown-themed picnic with Paintball Assassin. Yeah, that's sounds, oh, my goodness, that would be the best last day of school ever. Uh, usually, it's just people throwing out their trash and packing up their cars and leaving. So, uh, I'm just going to say, you know, let's give a little bit of kudos to the dean for trying. He does try. He does. To, you know, he really maybe. does. This is not the worst idea, but I'm I'm also suspecting that he did this whole thing because he had a really cute cowboy outfit that he wanted to wear.
0: And he knew Jeff had one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has that midriff. Oh my goodness going on. <laughs> and then uh and then during this, you know, everybody's kinda of really happy. I like I like the flashback by the way, the the way they do the soft lighting around the edges where everything's a little overexposed. That's that's a good way to do that. Like, and and the sound is a little different. Um, but then Pistol Patty, who's an ice cream cone, that we've never seen before, but shows up and announces uh, that they're sponsoring this paintball assassin thing. And man, everybody like seriously decked them out with tons of six shooters. And then they announced a one hundred thousand dollar cash reward for the last person. Um, so everything goes nuts all over again despite the dean's insistence that this was going to be a normal low-key year so yeah
2: <laughs> and i like pistol patties at first glance you could say she's just sort of this normal somewhat creepy mascot but she really does look pretty evil and i appreciate that she looks evil right from the jump
0: <laughs> it's kind of difficult to do an evil ice cream cone i gotta give them props for that Right?
1: <laughs> a lot a lot of mascots are kind of creepy when you're up close with them. True. And, yeah. Or alone in a room or in a dark alley and they're at the end of it. Yeah.
0: Can't so. say I've ever been in either of those situations. Interesting, Justin. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, we lead different lives, don't we? Yeah. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, so <laughs> back to the science uh, room where Abed's eating her beans uh, she says, Jeff wants to see you. And she says, yeah, and I want pants. <laughs> what, happened, what happened to her pants? I what mean, did you do to Andy's pants, Maple? She had a
0: dress and it's, it's gone. Who knows what happened?
1: Maybe she just lost it for mobility's sake. Yeah, I'm imagining a mobile. Walking Dead style
2: having to leap over a chain link fence and then tear away the loose fabric.
1: Yeah. Kind of I do. I, I really like this bit where Ab is like, you know, come with us. We'll be safer in the library. And and the very next scene is like the library has fallen. Yeah. And it's already trashed. And and Jeff's Jeff's kind of grinning, like he's got a whole rogue thing. You, you can see he's kind of really loving slipping into that role again uh, as the king of spades there. Uh, but he's kind of cracking wise to Chang. So <laughs> Chang Chang's kind of fun in this episode. I like.
2: I like him, I really too. Like him. <laughs> He's great in this. I love, he has just a white t-shirt and he's taken Sharpie
0: yes.
1: and drawn himself a cowboy outfit. Yes. yes.
0: I wrote that in my notes too. It's like, that is don't so don't think perfect.
1: I ever noticed it before this view, uh, viewing, but I love that. That's mm-hmm. a good detail. <laughs> he's, he's, Math club, you guys Asian? I'm Asian. That's pretty racist, man. That's not a no. not <laughs> <That's> a no. <laughs> <laughs> he's white and he's out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, community. Always going right up to the line with the racist jokes and yet not always offending with them. So, you know, good for you. Uh, and then uh, and then this great bit, oh man, if you love old westerns, you are just going to pee your pants laughing so hard when Abed stares down a guy and they do the flames and, and the, the bird shrieking thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Okay, you know more about westerns our even heather and uh like what is that supposed to signify just that they're intense yeah. or that they had the power of nature behind them or that they had heartburn because they ate chili for lunch or what oh oh the fire part of the hawk the sound effect firebird intense weird cue i guess i don't know what to call it
0: I think it's just, you know, things, it's it's a tense moment, so there's no other sound. Like, they're not making sound, but you can hear the sounds of everything else going on normally behind them. You know, nature, whatever else. I don't know if I'm being eloquent there.
2: Yeah, I don't don't know if it's a specific reference, like a reference to a specific moment. But I think Heather kind of has it. I actually... Leone, like spaghetti westerns, will sometimes do weird stuff like that. I relate that moment a lot more to seventies kung fu, like Shaw Brothers stuff. Mm. So it actually caught me off guard a little bit because it doesn't track with my my real working knowledge of westerns. But it's still a really funny
1: moment. It's great. It is, it is good, and Abed gets away with it. So, oh yeah. Yeah, they're running low on ammo. The group, uh, the survivors there, they need more ammo. They hear that uh, Pierce has more paint than a French kindergarten.
0: I don't understand that. Can you guys help I don't me? I googled that, that for half an hour and I couldn't find anything.
1: <laughs> I have a question mark after that. Like, I, I hope somebody can explain.
0: Like the only spark that, that I got was when Google ran out of options for four options down and just started giving me like. French Renaissance painters. And I was like, well, maybe that's
1: the reference. <laughs> that's a reach. I know. But wow. like, what else is it? <laughs> Why don't you just say it more paint than a kindergarten? I mean, I would have gotten it. Yeah. They got a lot of finger paint in kindergarten. I, I I,
0: mean, I almost got up and asked Guillaume, but I was like, he's not going to have the slightest idea what that's talking about. Like, he's not going to know, but I'm still going to ask him.
2: Is is Montessori, is that a French thing? Because they're artsy fartsy
1: schools montessori sounds more italian than french Mm, that's true to me but that's that that's as much as i know i don't know i'd have to look at the spelling how's it (laughs) anyways as we continue to google this great mystery uh did we notice that pablo shows up for like a half a second and gets brutally murdered in the background no i didn't Yeah, he's, like, shot in the library scene. And I'm like, oh, does Pablo? No, we miss Pablo. Yeah, he's good. So, yeah, another little cameo. And I don't think most of us track that because, like, virtually then he gets shot by the Black Rider. And uh, who, Josh Holloway, comes in. Great entrance. Mm -hmm. He looks like a serious tough hombre. He's got the double paint shotguns going on. Which I don't know if they are a thing, but they look awesome, he and do. I want one. They yeah. do.
0: He looks fantastic. He's, He's not as handsome TV as he TV thinks TV. he is, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I lo- I love how <laughs> how Jeff keeps keeps going on and on about that. When Troy finally goes, man, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs>
0: it was a perfectly it was a perfect moment because i was thinking the same thing i was like oh my gosh jeff let it go
1: <laughs> he's and i like that line where he says he's really good looking like network tv good looking. yes mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's, that's a good, good line yeah josh it's it's just good when they bring in a character like this and he plays it he doesn't exactly play it straight. He, play, he he's definitely playing like a western villain, but uh, you know, up until right at the end when he's going, "I got Coldplay tickets. I'm out of here," you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like in a in a role, and he's so naturally good at it that you just believe that this is a western. Like it really helps the immersion of this crazy world when everybody just kind of treats it this seriously and when you've got a guy with spurs who's wearing
0: spurs in a paintball game
1: (laughs) uh comes in and does this yeah
0: why is he the black rider what's he writing yeah what is he writing? also i want to talk about that hilarious little twirl he does when jeff shoots a couple of paintballs at him and it's all slow-mo matrix style and he's just like twirling for no reason The twirling (laughs) he's doing is not actually getting him away from the paintballs. I was like, this is so fun.
2: I kind of feel like that they didn't just go to like, who's a really good marksman? They went like, who in this theater troupe is a really good marksman? Let's hire that guy.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And the only guy we don't get in this episode is Professor Whitman, who would have been really good at that. Or, I'm sorry, Professor Professorson? I forget which one's the one from season one, and which one's the drama teacher. Uh, but the drama teacher, I think he would.
2: Have Whitman's the that. Seize the Day guy.
1: Yeah. Garrity. Yeah. Is it okay. Garrity? Okay. That could be. Sorry. I, I now know, don't remember any of my kids' names. I've just got fictional names from a TV show shoved <laughs> in my head. That's good. Hey, you, Gilligan, go to bed. Can we give a, a quick little break and give some props to the soundtrack? By the way, really fun soundtrack to this yes. episode. It's decent. Like, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. Little little musical stings. It's it's fun. It's very very western. It goes along uh, very well with the immersion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's they sh- they have put in so much love and effort into
1: every part of this. Yeah. So, Britta, Britta, Shirley, and Troy appear. I love that Troy comes out of the trash can, and then he's just instantly delighted to see Abed.
0: Yeah, He goes from
1: tough to Abed!
0: <laughs> when I was looking up something else, I read that that's kind of a reference to the first paintball episode, that when Annie comes out of the trash can, which I don't remember. Do you guys
1: remember that? In the bathroom, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's She's right. wearing that lid yeah. on
2: her head.
0: I didn't remember it's that. okay.
2: I also like that Troy's like freeze frame is him looking delighted. Yeah. As opposed to everybody
1: else <laughs> who gets the badass guns at the camera mm-hmm. pose. So we find out uh, Pierce has been looking for Jeff. In fact, there's a wanted poster. A uh, reward for Jeff is 20 paintballs. <laughs> He's only worth 20 paintballs. 20 paintballs. My forehead's not that big, though. It's not small. <laughs> They keep hammering on Jeff's forehead so much Poor in the show, and every time, I love it. And I'm like, Joel Joel McHale must have been so game for that, because they really... That and the Ryan Seacrest oh, look-alike. Yeah. They love both of those jokes at his expense. <laughs> so. so we head out to Fort Hawthorne. Oh, I love Fort Hawthorne. A place Brilliant. where you can pump your breast milk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like need that to idea... Obviously, everyone's going to want $100,000, but it gives like an it gives a real reason for Shirley to align herself with Pierce because she's probably the person who would have the hardest time with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He says, what does Pierce say? It started with a dream and in a bathroom or something like it began
0: with a dream, Annie, a dream and an impulse to hide in the men's bathroom
1: bathroom. (laughs) And just from that one line. And from what we know about Pierce, we have just pieced together everything that happened between that moment and and this. Where he hid in the bathroom, took a bunch of ammo, and built himself an empire uh, based on paintballs. In five hours, he controls the cafeteria. In five hours, yeah. <laughs> Is that how much time's gone by we've established from the beginning to this? They mention it later in the episode. They say something about five hours ago. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the janitorial staff is going to have another lovely cleanup session after this.
0: I don't see how they wouldn't all quit. I would, you would quit.
1: Think. You would think. Yeah, I love... Uh, let's talk about Fort Hawthorne. It is it is great. It's nice to have a little break in the constant shooting action to watch what happens You know, for, with the survivors, which apparently involves both Vicky and Garrett dancing in the most awkward... <laughs> awkward ways and yet i love them both i think this is my favorite vicky moment
0: yes the
1: entire show her just kind of doing this little sachet Mm -hmm. thing and then then garrett doing about the same thing oh (laughs) Oh, it brings such such joy to my heart and leonard's on keys i love that i love it and uh, Starburns is the doorman who's taking their weapons and, and by their the way, drugs, drugs. <laughs> put it in the bag. He's holding a lantern too, which I think is a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. It's a good Western-y. and his hat already kind of looks western. So he's I know
0: I was about to the mention the hat. It's perfect.
1: It's, it's great. So yeah, they uh, Pierce basically has a proposition for them, and they have a candlelight dinner which is just great when you really notice what they're eating. Oh, the and Twinkies
0: are them. wonderful tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I found it, by
2: the way. When Pierce welcomes yeah. them to Fort Hawthorne, he goes, my study group, how long has it been? And I was just,
1: five oh, hours. Oh, yeah. Too long. <laughs> Too long. Too long. Too <laughs> long. So they've raided the vending machines to make this dinner, this feast, which I don't think anybody really eats, but it's there. Um, and – and they're kind of talking about, like, Pierce is like, you know, we, we can work together. And they're like, well, you've kind of been a villain this year. And he's like, how? And, you know, they're kind of all muttering. And I, I think somebody says, like, well, you raped the Duquesne family. Abed said that. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, of course Abed would remember that. That's going to be <laughs> he's holding such a grudge over D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. i do like this line so so pierce asks him he's like i need you guys to go do a an ammo run you know there's there's some ammo that you could go get and jeff says well i'm not risking my butt hauling ammo back for the guy who has vicky dancing for twinkies (laughs) he goes she's a dance major jeff she loves twinkies (laughs) (laughs) so i guess we know vicky's a dance major that's good to know yeah I would love to see the dance curriculum at Greendale. <laughs> you spend a fortune on tearaway clothes. Let's just. <laughs> but yeah, that's. uh, I don't know. So he kind of he kind of ropes them in. Pierce, once again, the master manipulator. Even though they don't have a reason to trust him and he has betrayed them in the past, they still go along with it. So do we really blame Pierce at this point or also the naivete of the group? You know, fool me once, shame on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Pierce like in
2: his element. This is Pierce. I've said before the Dungeons and Dragons episode was peak Pierce. And this might be peak Pierce because he is just doing what comes naturally and it's put him like on top of the world here. So I have a hard time uh, shaming him for just doing what comes naturally to him
1: he does have that he's perfect for that rich oil baron that evil oil baron kind of yeah role. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's such a good fit and you instantly know like even a little bit of power he knows how to wield it he knows how to control people and get what he wants from them uh, and what he wants is, I don't I don't even think he really wants the hundred thousand dollars I mean what's Pierce's end game here is to shame Jeff and maybe get revenge on everybody else except Annie. But really, really to get to get Jeff.
2: To, to come out on top and be acknowledged as such, specifically yeah. by Jeff. But yeah, hopefully also Jeff, by everyone
1: else. Jeff, uh, gun loaded with blanks. Yeah, which that is that's very, Yeah, that's a clever little bit right there. And how Annie ends up with the gun, then the Black Rider grabs it, and right when we think Annie's going to get shot. It's it's not shot. She's not shot. Uh, I, I do like this a little, by the way, going back to Chang, because is kind of woven in and out as he keeps betraying different groups, <laughs> and apparently he betrayed the Cheerleaders Alliance, who are all wearing cheerleader outfits on Hoedown Day, I might add. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It's been five hours. Maybe they wanted to go change and, and be coordinated. Let's get them a little bit of credit. Yeah, as is Chang. He's got the
2: cheerleader sweatshirt on.
1: Yeah, yeah. he
2: does. <laughs> GCC. <laughs>
1: yep. I like what the uh, the lead cheerleader says, I sentence you to pretend he's death. Pretend he's death. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Kendra with a QU for a minute. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Oh, is she in this episode? That'd be awesome. And she is not.
2: I'll oh, also say, so this starts the, the, the motif of Chang running around blindfolded. Yes. Which... It feels to me, and it's been a while since I've watched the movie, but really feels like a nice call to Eli Wallach in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, who's constantly sort of in trouble and on the run. It really feels like
1: an Eli Wallach thing to me.
0: Mm. Hmm.
1: I like how we have this this thing where Annie's pretty infatuated with the Black Rider, like almost immediately. She has serious crush on him. Did you see how big his guns were? Well, she's, you know, she's blushing and she doesn't have a lot to cover up the blush. So she says, uh, stop trying to fluster me with your handsomeness. <laughs> is she blushing or is she just allergic to beans? <laughs> <laughs> I like when later in the episode when she's like, oh, you got a Coldplay tickets? And he calls her bean allergy. <laughs> Too late, bean allergy. <laughs> you <laughs> blew it. <laughs> she could have gotten a date out of this. Oh. Is what, uh, poor pouring Annie. He was handsome. He was the. Uh, we get a little bit of uh, back to the anthropology room. I think this is this is a good way yeah. to say goodbye to the anthropology room by completely trashing it, like so bad. And then we got this shootout, which is uh, not much of anything. Like nobody gets hit. It's just there, and he runs away, and that's it. Uh, but yeah.
2: I think they must run through all of their sets in this, right? I mean, we see the library, we see the the study room, and we see the cafeteria, and now we see the classroom. And I think the dean's they probably use next. the dean's office is in here, and then the the, the
1: the what do you call it? the the green the the campus
2: yeah square the quad.
1: That's the quad. There we go. Do you notice in season two they don't do nearly as many outdoor shots?
2: I had not noticed did. that.
1: Like season one, they're walking outside; they're doing a lot of stuff outside. Season two, I mean, there's a little bit of it, like with the trampoline, and but even those, it's like it feels like those are just like little sets that they've constructed. Versus, they went to LA City College to film scenes. I don't think that they did that as much anymore. Um, I don't point. know. That's just a gut. But they do go to the dean's office. Uh, dean's hiding in the. He's been shot so many times. He's hiding. He looks like he's been
2: shot in the throat multiple times. Oh,
1: that's God. awful. Yeah, I've been. Have you guys been hit by a
2: paintball? I have. This is yeah. Not fun. No, <laughs> not fun.
1: It's so much fun until the first time you're hit, and then you're like, "Oh dang, that hurts!" Yes. Then you want realize this to, why to take cover. <laughs> yeah, I don't want this to happen again. I'm not putting my head above cover. No, thank you. Yeah, it's it's not like somebody just. Fl- and I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said, "Well, they have these new paintballs that are more like gel capsules." And they don't hurt as much. I'm like, oh, thank goodness we've perfected that technology because.
2: Only took was- us, what, 30 years? Yeah. Is it bad that my first thought was, well, that's not as much fun.
1: <laughs> you are a sadist. So, you know, there's that to go with. Uh, Only on Dean. Tuesday nights. Only Tuesday nights. <laughs> yeah. Dean asked, what kind of ice cream company does this? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> you didn't screen them very well, Dean. That's yeah, that's on you, dude. Yeah. Uh, there's this great little moment where he's he's hooking them up with the firepower because he saved all the guns from the first season, which is a really nice callback that, you know, where do all these guns go? I kind of wonder, like, did he just confiscate all of the weapons, including Chang's weapons, and say they're now mine? Like, how? It seems like it, but yeah, how? Yeah. Anyways, he's got it in a closet. You know, the key's in my shorts, he says. <laughs> in this this episode where there's so much going on that they just devote like 10 seconds to him just pumping his hip out and expecting somebody to go fishing in the shorts. And then Troy just kind of glaring at him (laughs) until he's like, fine. Here you go. Yeah, That's a great joke. I just love that little bit.
0: I felt like he was looking directly at Jeff when he was saying that, too.
1: He probably was. I mean, Troy's there, too. Um, Yeah, so... I like that uh, Troy or somebody gets Chang's old gun down and Annie yanks it out of their hand. No, this is mine. I'm going to have a conversation with Pierce. <laughs> the second Annie realizes like she's been batting for Pierce and trying to give Pierce the benefit of the doubt and talking him up to the group. And I guess we haven't really gone into this little subplot too much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she was the one person. They, they all were taking a vote to vote him out. And they said, well, it has to be unanimous. If one person says no, then he stays in. And she was the the holdout. And so she's been this holdout until the moment she realizes that Pierce, once again, was betraying the group by giving Jeff the blanks, the gun with the blanks. Mm-hmm. And man, don't get Annie mad, nope. is all I'm going to say. Because <clears throat> sweet Annie turns, this is like the most fierce I've ever seen Annie. Like, he, oh my God. I'm just like the. I'm just still like pumping my fists in the air, like when she's just going for Pierce. Mm-hmm. And she kicks that gun across the floor. Pick it up, pick <laughs> it up. Oh, I got goosebumps. It's so good, and P- I think Pierce knows. Like he really crossed the line yeah. with Annie, and Annie's the one person that she, he kind of likes. Mm-hmm. And even she now is no longer on his side. Um, that's not good, but. But in the meantime, they go back to the the cafeteria for this big showdown. Vicky is still there. She can't go back out there. This is the only life she knows. So, <laughs> so great. <she's> still dancing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wrote Annie is ticked. Challenges Pierce to a duel, and they finally reveal the secret of the cards. Like the whole it it, it ties in so nicely at this point and having this this shootout where she's just ready to plug him and he knows like she's going to get the drop on him and the black rider comes in and I, I thought it was kind of a nice little thing like he's they're like oh no just hold off we got to resolve this first and he's cool with it like he's like okay but after that i'm taking you all down that that was i don't know i like that little moment that's 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 cool
2: hey, he's yeah. got he does have this sort of uh, i'm the bad guy with a code thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Honorable. A little honorable there. <laughs> Willing have- to shoot Annie in the foot rather than somewhere right. painful, right? Yeah. I
2: also just want to mention, it's really effective. It's it's I guess it's a trope, but I just think it's really effective when they go back to Fort Hawthorne and it's just all been re- ripped down. Mm-hmm. Because we just saw it a couple of minutes ago and as much as it's really funny, it's also just, it's really cool. And it, they've Created this whole little life in the cafeteria, and then we come back to it, and it's all just been ripped to shambles while we were off doing something else. I don't know. I found that to actually be really effective.
1: Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of creepy. Yeah, it's like sometimes in movies where you see the aftermath of something horrible, but you're not shown what actually happened, and your imagination fills in the blanks. Exactly, it's probably more effective than anything that they could have shown. So, what happened? I my guess. Starburns got into his drug bag a little bit too much, started a shooting match, and that was all she wrote. Oh, I like it. Uh, that's my theory. Uh, in any Works case, yeah. So we get we get the the showdown, uh, which results in Pierce faking a heart attack, which is apparently his go-to move. Uh, <laughs> Ab- Abed says, yeah, last week he did that to get, get out of giving me a stick of gum. <laughs> <laughs> which I love it. I love how the whole group is like, oh, he's faking, whatever, he's faking. And The Black Riders instantly, like, he's dropped the whole I'm a villain act. He's like, what, what, guys, you gotta call 911, come it's on. Like, he's old, it might be real. And Britta's like, we warned you.
2: And mm-hmm. given that we're in season finale territory, did either of you fall for it at all? No. No, I didn't fall for it. I, I was a little, I guess part of me thought, well... Are they gonna? But nah. I definitely had that moment too, where I was like, "Wait a minute, is that what how this happens? I don't remember anymore." Oh shoot!
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I wasn't actually concerned for Chevy Chase or anything, but no, still, or not. yeah. But I definitely had a moment where I, I, I wasn't sure what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great acting,
1: Chevy. But it, yeah, and it, it lets Pierce in a way, kind of be victorious i mean he kills hmm. the black rider the
0: gurgling was a nice touch <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i love that the black rider is just like he's so done he's so over this he he was tolerating jeff's constant wheedling about his uh his looks and you know annie kind of playing hard to get or whatever and and him having to be this patsy and he's like well i I've been taking a class online. He calls it a school-shaped toilet or I wouldn't go to this toilet or whatever. And he, he, he delivers out great line like, oh, honey, this thing goes so much deeper than you'd ever, ever imagine or something like that. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, what the conspiracy? Like, the, what's going on? And that's kind of cool. Like, they've, they really do bench the whole conspiracy. You, you stop thinking about the $100,000. You stop thinking about the setup to all of this, and then they bring it back and it becomes kind of this prologue to what's going to happen next in the next episode, which we won't spoil too much, even though I feel like this ending bit spoils way too much as it is. I wish they hadn't done it. But anyways, Chang finally gets gunned down and he doesn't get gunned down lightly. He gets machine gunned by a, a strange white masked character in a truck and what's going on we don't know but greendale's in trouble and this is only the beginning of the battle so there we go plan b operation total invasion as stormtroopers come out red five standing by white clones standing by
0: well now don't call them stormtroopers they actually hit something
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true But yeah,
2: I love the way they all kneel before the ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: It's got a great sort of Emperor Palpatine thing going on. (laughs) I was thinking of Lord Helmet from (laughs) Spaceballs. There you go. (laughs) I saw somebody uh, did a cosplay of that for uh, Comic-Con. And I'm like, oh, if I ever did a cosplay for Comic-Con, Black Helmet, that's Dark Helmet. That's what I would do that's that's i could pull that off i could maybe pull off what was the dog's name barf barf Barf. yeah i could do barf i could do a john candy maybe if i was taller if i was al how tall are you al does not know how tall he is it's it's a hard question he's destroying more cats apparently Mm. in the background So while Al figures out his cat situation, he wrangles those cats like we wrangled this episode. Let's head on into our report card. And Heather, man, you've missed so much. You've been hooky. You've been uh, AFK. I I think you were actually on the last two episodes. You just refused to talk because your union said Mm -hmm. that you didn't have to.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to cross picket lines.
1: No. Mm. So we would, we would appreciate it if you would grace us with your report card.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sure this comes as no surprise the way we're talking about it. But it is an easy, easy A, maybe the easiest A I've ever given. This is so genius. The callbacks, the cinematography, the set design, the music. It is just so good. Everybody is so into their characters and so perfect. course i'd like a little more shirley and britta in this but it's so it's so great pierce like you said makes the perfect rich evil oil bearing character abed with his poncho ah all it's the costume design i guess i should say the costume design the thought put into which characters would be wearing what and what shape it's in for example i love that annie's dress started off real school marmy and then just ripped into this hot
1: legs
0: we don't sexualize annie but we're definitely sexualizing annie here
1: she she feels like she would fit in on a firefly episode oh yeah
0: for sure for sure uh yeah but yeah easy easy a for me it's too good the quotes are so good
1: all right, Al, are you okay with your cats?
2: I am okay. I was drinking water and did not realize I was on mute. I was trying to talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded like you gargling. Gurgling okay. gargling was a nice touch, Al. <laughs> it was a nice touch. <clears throat> Why don't you give us your report card, man? So my
2: rep- the, my report card, I'm 5'6", by the way. Um, I, same as Heather. You this know. is an easy, easy A. This is It's epic. It's cool. It's funny. It's got a continuing plot. Instead of an end of credits thing, we get a preview for what's coming next. Mm. And just it really makes you feel like there are real stakes in this. There's an unseen enemy kind of thing going on. Um, No, this is top, top, top community. I can't believe before I watched this that I'd forgotten. I knew I liked this episode, but I'd forgotten what a great episode this is. Um, Yeah,
1: just... A's all around. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's almost like a Phantom Menace, right?
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Just just done better. Done really good. It's not even fun to dunk on Phantom Menace anymore now that we got Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Knew we were going to be in this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Last Jedi and really upset everybody. No, no, no. no. Okay. We the greatest piece of cinema. Nope. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> My dog uses that movie to wipe his butt. Al, come on, no. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I'm. It's an A, and I'll, I'll. So you're not on the end of your edge of your seat there. It's an it's an A. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I, I still feel like this is kind of a really risky move for Harmon and Company because. Modern Warfare in season one was their best known episode of that season. It was really kind of their ambassador for getting other people into the show. And to go back to that, like we know, like there's always that danger of just doing it wrong the next time around. And getting sequels right is tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about this all the time on mutant reviewers. By the way, uh, as much as I love sequels, doing sequels right is is hard because if you if you stray too far away. From what everybody loved about the original, then usually they don't give it much of a chance. It becomes an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then you have to overcorrect and go all the way back to Last Crusade and and mimic the first movie all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like sometimes if you're too slavishly similar, then people are like, why bother doing it at right. all? And then sometimes, you know, like you're pouring so much more money and more effort and you're overblowing it. And yet you've made something that doesn't have that spark, that genius that the original had. And you end up with a crystal skull. Um, so there's all my Indiana Jones references there tied up. I think we learned a lot <laughs> from that series and sequels. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel that was a very risky move, but it paid off. This is I think we have. One, two, three, four, five paintball episodes in all of Community. And not to spoil it for Heather, but this might be the best one of them all. I love Modern Warfare, but I think this one refined that mm-hmm. better. Like, they, they're they more focused using the, mes- uh, the Western motif was really good. Modern Warfare was kind of just riffing on action movies, but not any one specific one. This one really zeroed in on, like... Let's have fun with westerns. Let's have fun with paintball. Those two things go well together. Let's create this this shadow plot against the school. Let's uh, let's have this wrapping up this ongoing storyline with Pierce and the study group. Let's give Annie a great moment of of character growth mm-hmm. of showing Annie really uh, firmly firmly establishing herself as somebody who. Stands up for herself, uh, is willing to go to bat for her friends. But if you betray her or her friends, hell hath no fury mm-hmm. like an Annie scorned. Um, the great cameos, great use of—I mean—they pulled in so many of the extended cast. I know we talked about Leonard on keyboard. I just want to say the fact that his costume includes a visor and the little arm—I don't know what you call those little armbands that they used to wear—but the little, the little black ones that make him look yep. like—is it
0: also a garter? Uh, even though it's not on the leg i Arm think it's garter? i think it's also a garter
1: yeah okay well let's go sure. with that yeah it's like a good there's a lot of great touches to this episode they they thought things through it's it's very tight the the plotting is tight when you really go back and think through the actual the flow of the action you know from annie in the hallway to the science lab to uh, the library to the bathroom to um fort hawthorne to the anthropology room back to fort hawthorne and i i we had the little dean's office they cover so much territory but it's it gives you that feeling of like uh just uh, just story Story progression yeah story progression and pacing yeah i mean i've watched so many movies where the the you know they don't have the budget and they don't have the writing so every scene gets just drawn out beyond all belief and you're just like oh my goodness go on to the next scene already like but really good movies the scenes only last as long as they need to before boom you're at the next scene and boom you're at the next scene doesn't have to be michael bay fast but there's something about pacing and editing that's really undervalued unless you study film and television and and you come to appreciate that and i i really appreciate what the editors the cinematographers the Everybody comes through really well on this episode. So good stuff. Who directed? Did we? Did we even mention that? Did we look that up?
0: I we didn't mention it. Um, I remember seeing it was I think Anthony somebody. This was their sixth one, but I don't I don't remember. I didn't look that hard.
1: All right, so it was directed by uh, Joe Russo oh. and written by Andrew.
0: Oh, Gass. okay, Andrew is the person I was thinking of. They wrote it. Whoops. Okay, and
1: he's a oh he's written for Thirty Rock. Community, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, and produced um, Hawkeye for mm. um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's a lot of tie-ins to MCU from Community, like so many.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the Russos and, have become so all-encompassing, especially in the,
1: the first three phases there, that that's not surprising. They dragged along the people that they really enjoyed working with. Right. So so Russo, again, with that, I think they did um, the first, the Modern Warfare in Season 1. So it's good they got him back to direct this too i think they did a good job so it's great so yeah um you know all hail vicky starburns garrett pavel i said pablo it's pavel uh vicky i'm just gonna say vicky a few more times <laughs> leonard neil uh yeah it's good to have them all back and even mike even mike ah uh, i wish we had more mike he's good So there we go. Um, Season two, episode 23, Fistful of Paintballs. We're going to come back in a couple more weeks and wrap up season two. That's right. This is the end, my friends. My friends, this is the end. But not the end of the show, because obviously we have season three, and then four, and then five, and then six, and then hopefully a movie if this strike ever concludes.
0: This poor show
1: we're going to say right now we're going to put it on the line that if they never do make the community movie we hear a community Rewatching 101 will write and direct a, a radio play for our version of the movie yes. so get ready for it it's going to happen probably in a mid-atlantic accent and a tennessee accent and an australian accent and whatever the heck my nasally voice does so yeah there we go all right check us out on mutant reviewers again we write all sorts of stuff about movies and tv shows mutant reviewers movies.com uh that is the first best and uh, probably the last cult movie review site you ever need it's all sorts of awesome stuff you can read stuff by heather by al by myself uh also check out heather's twitch stream and uh, thomas's i'm gonna give him a little bit of a plug here even though he's not here today we'll just say maybe he's playing hooky to make a new youtube video so check out his youtube channel he's actually really really funny and uh well I, not actually you know it from the show you know he's funny so i don't have to convince you that so that's it take care guys
0: yeehaw
1: adios partners